0: again. Welcome back. My name is Adam, and we had the opportunity to talk to Harry Lloyd of Waiting for Smith over Zoom video. Harry is a British singer-songwriter who's lived all over the world, talked to us about where he grew up, how he got into music. He originally started as a drummer slash vocalist for a pop punk band. He did that for a while. He was also way into skiing, so he'd go up to the French Alps and go skiing because he was living in Oxford at the time but really saw himself like, as a skier. Always a musician, but he was way into skiing. He became a ski instructor, and he had a terrible accident. He ends up breaking his back skiing. He talks about the entire story. It's really quite intense. But in that moment, when he was laying there, one of the first things he thought of was, well, now I can focus on, on my songwriting career. So Harry talks a lot about how he was able to take a very traumatic experience, learn guitar, while kind of in recovery and start writing songs and taking Waiting for Smith to the next level. He also talks about his brand new album that he just dropped called Hopelessness of Love. You can watch our interview with Harry Lloyd of Waiting for Smith on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringin' It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringin' Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Waiting for Smith. This podcast is about you and your journey in
1: music. Wow. Well, what, a, what an honor. Thank you.
0: No, thank you, man, for being here. Um, I did read you have quite the story. Uh, you were a skier, broke your yeah. back. I mean, I have, uh, we'll, we'll talk, um, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but first off, where
1: were you born and raised? Uh, born and raised in London, okay, um, and then I kind of moved out to the country, like around Oxfordshire area, uh, where I started doing music. And um, then I lived in France for a bit, hopped around to Russia, Cuba, and now I'm living in Amsterdam. So I oh kind of wow, I feel you like have,
0: a yeah. you're very well traveled.
1: <laughs> I I love it. I like meeting new people. I like languages. I don't know. That's it's so something. Cool. Yeah, you always learn something new when you go somewhere different
0: wow you lived in cuba
1: yeah it was so what fun was that like amazing one of my friends never left we went there we went there basically to travel we stayed there for a few months we set up in havana and then we went around the country on motorbikes and yeah one of our friends never left he's called uh, henrik he still lives there now they now call him enrique and he, he just never- <laughs> enrique wow. and he's, he's now just living the cuban life man that's crazy yeah so mad
0: I don't know a whole lot about Cuba. I just know that uh here in the States like it was a a nightmare to try to even get there. Like you yeah. had to fly to a different country to try to fly in. Like, I don't, I don't even know, man. It was Have you ever been? Have you ever been? No, dude. I'm no. so untraveled. I'm like the worst. I really need to. Um there was big plans and then COVID happened, so uh hopefully you know, we got the my family and I got the passports. We're like all amped and cool. ready to do some things and then it was just like it shut all down but um Shit. yeah dude i used to live uh like about 15 minutes from mexico so we'd go down to mexico oh quite a bit yeah i would
1: love to go there yeah, have you, you, you never
0: been to mexico no i would oh, love man. to man yeah. i mean we were like on border town we were gonna we were going to tijuana and stuff but it wasn't like beautiful like down south in mexico but it was a lot of fun uh um, cool beaches were cool a friend of mine moved down there and he still lives there I and mean, you can get cheap rent live right on the beach like it
1: I see, like a his, like,
0: I see his Instagram post and I'm just like, so jealous. Like him just like, <laughs> you know, waking up de- to yeah. like this beach and he's just like on the, this high rise, just like shooting a story. I'm like, Oh man, dude. <laughs>
1: just another day in my
0: office. Like right. well, fuck you, man.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, cool. So you're in Amsterdam now. Well, born in, in London. Amsterdam, How yeah. long were you in London for? I was there for like, well, till I was about 10 or something. Okay. And then your family moved to- Moved around to Oxford. So it's like like countryside. It's like about an hour and 20 minutes outside London. And it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Like they have this big walk um, where I grew up kind of around there called the Ridgeway. It's Mm -hmm. 88 miles long. And it was like an old walk of like old poets and travelers. And it's got loads of history there. So- Eighty-eight miles. Eighty-eight miles. Yeah, this is like it's almost almost like a pilgrimage. Almost some people sure. walk us, and um, and you can just join it at any part. And yeah, so it was really nice. Like I was quite, I was quite like high energy person, as you can really tell, quite high energy <laughs> person. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was, I was, it was nice to be able to run around basically. That's yes. amazing. Did you ever yeah. make
0: it all the way across,
1: or like? Yeah, I, I did oh, like really? half of it. I've done half of it. I like, I like packed a tent and like went on and camped in the woods and stuff, but. I've never done the whole thing but um, during my like we'll probably get on but during my year in bed when uh-huh. I had a, a year in bed recovering from my back accident um, I thought about it a lot because like the one thing you think about a lot is is walking when you can't when you're sitting around you're like where am I gonna walk to and I was thinking of, like in my head like oh this kind of I'm gonna make this pilgrimage what you know when I'm better yeah. and stuff and that kind of I think that that had a had a big part to my recovery just having having those kind of visualizations of positive things
0: for sure for sure and when if you do this walk I know we're kind of going on a tangent here but I'm very (laughs) curious uh and you pack like a a tent is there enough people doing this that there's like kind of rest like
1: like milestone
0: spots (laughs) along the way where you're like okay if I walk like another six miles I'm gonna get
1: to like this rest stop (laughs) like is that a thing or is it just no you just figure it out yeah, there's, de- there's definitely points. There's, I mean, there's mainly pubs, so there's just pubs. Oh, okay, little, so like, you know where like,
0: you're kind of around civilization. Yeah. You're not just like in the middle of nowhere yeah. walking. And
1: yeah, you can you camp. I mean, they're like, you go off the routes and they're like little pubs, but you can camp in the woods anywhere. And I think, yeah, sometimes you see like long, like long period like loads of people kind of doing it in big groups, kind of, kind of like an English version of the Santiago de Compostela, you know. Where, where that,
0: where oh, cool.
1: For, yeah, so that's, that's something awesome. also I would love to do that as well.
0: That I is think really walking, rad.
1: Walking is such a great, great way to, I don't know, just figure things out. You just, sure. I mean, especially
0: yeah. if you're in a new place, just kind of exploring yeah. on foot. So nice. That is really rad. So you're in Oxford. And when did you get into music?
1: Um, well, I was always, I always like flirted with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was, uh, I started my first band when I was 10. As okay. the, when I just moved out of London as the drummer and singer oh cool called, yeah the band was called jester jester and, uh, yeah a <laughs> solid name was, yeah a solid name you know 10 year olds we, we were the best <laughs> band at, <laughs> we were the best band in school i mean i think we were the only band there was one of them there was one other band maybe and um yeah we had this we wrote our first song together called mind the gap and the lyrics were like, mine, they get mine, they get it's not hard, you don't need them. Man. And it was like pop punk. And that's <laughs> rad going behind the kit was so like, yeah, to get that taste for like just, I don't know, your friends, like seeing you play and stuff like that. And like that kind of like creation of energy in a room mm-hmm. and people just like having fun. I think, yeah, that's start, like I started to get hooked around that age where I thought, like, oh, wow, this is something, this is that's... something really cool.
0: So, drums were your first instrument?
1: Uh, it was actually piano but then I uh, okay when I was about seven I started learning I, I kind of did the whole route of you know your parents say like you should learn an instrument because it's a good mm-hmm. thing to do so my dad's like you should learn piano so I took up piano lessons and then I learned a Beatles song oh, and I came hey, like it was um let it be oh that's and I, a good and one, I yeah and I, I played let it be to my piano teacher and she was like why aren't you not doing your scales like and I was like, "Fuck this, man! This is yeah, bullshit." Really. But I know how to play lead to bees. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, this is way cooler. <laughs> so I, I gave up, and I, and like in protest, I, I, I started a punk group and joined, it and yeah, started learning the drums instead, and then That's came so back so to cool. piano later. Oh, you did go back to piano. Yeah, because okay. I can't. You can't write. You can. You can create beats on a drum kit, but you can't right. write melody. <laughs> of course, sure. Yeah. So, so um, like,
0: um, I'm curious with being the drummer and singer of the band, how did you set up your, how did you set it up? Were you like still in the back or were you putting yourself in the forefront or did no, you kind of back. set it up? Oh, you were. Cause like, yeah. um I'm trying to think like death from above, they yeah. are, they, their drummer is the singer, but he kind of goes to the side and then the bass players kind of, they're kind of like balanced, but you're in the back and then the other guys in the front just.
1: Yeah. In the front. It was a bit, yeah. It was a bit like, you know, the band, band called the, the band. band the band yeah, yeah 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 and they have uh one of uh, one of the guys sings from behind the kit mm-hmm. and then they kind of all take turns to sing bits so we kind of had a little bit of that like i was generally lead but then yeah we'd have moments so okay no one... so
0: there are other guys doing backups or
1: y- yeah, parts exactly, of songs yeah, yeah. Cool. how long were
0: you guys a, a band for
1: well like a couple of years or something And then we all split off ways we all it was weird actually we all, we all split off ways started other groups and then that was the first incarnation of waiting for Smith. Was with those same guys minus the original bass player. Interesting. And were yeah. you in high
0: school at this point still?
1: Uh, no, no, we just I uh, just left school. Okay, so you were what yeah. at university or something? Yeah, like around that age. We we kind of most of us. Well, one of us went to university. The rest of us just kind of went to the university life. Just okay. There you finding, go. <laughs> finding our way. Through. And were you in, still in uh, <laughs> Oxford at this point? I was yeah I was back in Oxford. I just um, I was kind of in between doing um, seasons uh, as a ski instructor, working in the French Alps. Okay, so, yeah. so
0: you're where? Well, how far was that? Wow. Uh,
1: that's yeah. Well, it's in well France. Uh, so it was like from from Oxford is like a sixteen hour drive or something. Wow. Which is quite, yeah. So you nice. would
0: what spend the winters up there?
1: Yeah. So winters winters there, and then I come back and do music in the summer. And I started originally. I started a duo, where it was just like I'd play piano and sing, and my friend Danny, who was the original guitarist in the punk group, would would play like acoustic guitar, and we play like a kind of duo thing and like harm, do harmonies. Oh, cool! Um, and in, did he uh,
0: move up to to France with you?
1: No, no, he was in. So we'd only do it in the summers. So that's uh. that's why it never became that, It never became serious. We always just did the circuit, and then I think when I when I had my accident. Uh, like 23 or something, 24. Mm-hmm. Um, then I was like, right, I want to do this. I want to take this seriously. And, and the minute I could kind of get out of bed again, I started rehearsing and the guys kind of came around to my house.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I want to get into that in a second here. I'm just, uh, how did you, like, were, how, I mean, if you're a ski instructor, you obviously were good. So how often were you going up there prior to landing a gig as, you know, a teacher up there? Are you skiing, obviously, every winter like, for your whole life? Or, like, how how'd you get into, like, that part of your life? Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't, um, yeah, it was weird. It was around the same time I got into music, like, joined a band as well. I started, um, yeah, I don't know, you just, you know, go on holiday and stuff. And I went, we would go for, like, one week a year. And then one of the, the instructors, like, one of the French instructors said, Oh, you know, you've got quite a good natural talent for this. And I was quite sporty. I was doing a lot of like national running and athletics and stuff. Uh, okay. And so he was like, Hey, you should maybe you should enter some competitions. And so I started entering some like like amateur competitions and won like, you know, amateur prizes of like people that like haven't trained much and stuff. And then wow. then I thought, like, oh, maybe this is something I want to do. And so yeah, around the same age that I started the band, like 10. I thought like maybe I would I would maybe move instead to the mountains and and like join like a club and stuff. So you join a club and like anything you like train and you know and then you try and you try and make your you know local team or your um, national team and stuff. But I just I I loved it, but I didn't like it as much as like hanging out with my friends and playing music and doing that. And it was like it was so intense. Like age eleven or something, like standing at the top of a start gate freezing cold temperatures in like spandex <laughs> like <Sure>. <laughs> just <laughs> shaking <laughs> you're like i don't know if i want to start doing this like this is fucking scary <laughs> like-
0: yeah and i'm sure you're going down like <laughs> the black diamond yeah yeah exactly uh, slopes and all that what yeah. was it like speed skiing or were you doing like you know li- ju- yeah like jumping of off both. and doing
1: flips and all that uh no speed stuff it was a bit of uh super g and a bit of gs and slalom so super g is like the one for like the juniors it's like before you get into doing downhill okay and then slalom is like just like oh you are going through the yeah the little little poles flags or whatever yeah yeah and gs is like slightly wider and yeah i like i think i like slalom the most because it's so i don't know it's really intense it's like It's just like they just keep coming at you, and you've got to, you just got to just be like, whoa, it's kind of like boxing on skis or something. So you try not to hit the things, or you, yeah, you know, you do, you like connect. You you want to hit them? Yeah, you, you, you try and get as kind of close as you can to them, but you, you hit them with, you have like guards on the front of your poles, and then you have guards Uh on your shins. And when, as, as you angle in, you're, you like hit, hit the front of it with your shin, and then you, you're not trying to hit it with your fist, but you're just just basically stopping it, smacking you in the face.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: Yeah, it's, that is it's, intense. It's so intense, but it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot. Wow. Of fun. So yeah. then
0: you just took that up as an instructor. Or were you teaching what kids yeah. how to ski, or were you teaching like the training the kids to to do that?
1: No, no. I got into. Um, I joined a company called ESF, who are the guys if you've ever been to Europe, who are the guys that wear the red jackets which was like, I don't know why it was like my dream or something like of, of like joining one of them being like one of those guys. Cause I just thought they were like, they have a mixed reputation. Some people think they're like miserable French guys. that like, don't really want to hang out with anyone. (laughs) And other people think they're like the coolest guys on the mountain. Okay. So so I was just like, okay, I'm going to go do that. And instead of going to university, they, um, I will learn French by working with them because they're, um, they're a French ski school. So before then I went to Paris for a bit I learned a bit of French I got it good enough so that I could go there and basically apply to be with them and then I got a job with them and I started like teaching kids and then I got into like got given clients and then Mm -hmm. because I was okay with languages they sent me this does sound a bit mad but they sent me to Russia for two months to learn Russian so yeah it was so fun so it was basically that was my university that was my, my my way of learning and So then I got lots of Russian clients and then it was really strange. It was like the first year I was like teaching kids, like, you know, with goggles, like over their face, like with their helmets up here, being like, (laughs) ah, (laughs) they're all over the place. And then within three years I was taking uh, Russian clients, like in helicopters and like eating nice lunches and like nice restaurants. And it was just, it was so, it was so strange. And I think that's part of the reason I was like, this is cool, but, this is not the reason I got into it. You know, I got into it to, to really, to, to ski and, and to be on the mountain and stuff. And then suddenly I found myself like being like a personal shopping assistant. And I was like,
0: Oh, for like rich people. Yeah. Like that my, wanted to ski. And yeah. Like, and I was oh, like, can you go buy me some skis? And yeah. Suit? Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that
1: kind of thing. Like, do you think I look good in this fur coat? Like, well, <laughs> I'm not a stylist, but I think you look damn good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of. Yeah. So then, after that, it was. I was kind of looking for a way out, and then I had, then I had my. I broke my back in this this um, off piece thing, and, uh, and do then you mind was, talking like,
0: about that a little bit? Like, how how did yeah. that
1: happen? Uh, I basically, quite ironically, I was doing um, I was doing an avalanche safety exam, um, and so it's it's like a, an exam you take to try and learn more about how the snow works. So you can Uh take people off piece, And um, yeah, I was doing the safety exam and I just, I was going down the hill with a bunch of other instructors and, and I just hit this mogul and which is like a lump in the snow. Uh And And I just went off it. And for some reason, my skis, as they came down, they just landed in the snow and I just like, I hit and got catapulted. And before I knew it, I was just like way up in the air. And then I just came down like a penguin and then it's straight on my neck, and as I like went down, I heard it just go like. Oh I was, like, my god! I was like, oh fuck, and I just knew, like, I knew immediately as I like fell like onto my back again. I was like, okay, I broken my back. Shit! <laughs> like, like I wasn't there wasn't like a moment where I was like, maybe, maybe I haven't. But I did, I did, I did think like, should I try and get up? And I, I remember like trying to lift lift myself a little bit, and then I was getting these like shooting pains from the top of my neck all the way down Mm -hmm. into my feet
0: yeah and
1: i was like fuck okay and we'd done like basic first aid and i'm thinking okay i broke my back i gotta stay still and i'm looking around i'm trying to think like okay shit i'm kind of because i was the last one in the queue um and luckily my friend i thought i was the last one but luckily my friend fred was behind me and he saw me he he thought I had fallen over, like just had a wipeout. So he he thought mm-hmm. it was hilarious, and because we're all ski instructors, we all can ski all right. Right. When someone falls over, you're like, you idiot! You're right, right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So he came up to me and did this thing where, like, what you call like snow blow, where you like oh shoot, shoot all go, the like, snow. <laughs> like yeah. That. So I was covered in snow.
2: snow. I was like, Fred.
1: (laughs) And then I managed to like move it out. And I was like, I shouted through and I was like, Fred, I've broken my back. And he was like, oh shit. And he just like, his whole attitude changed and suddenly like went into like recovery mode. He like called up the the, the pistas. And before I knew it, there was a helicopter and I was like in a stretcher and I'd been like brought down. Air flighted out. Oh my God. Yeah. But the, cra- the craziest thing about it, Adam, was that I, the first thought when I like was strapped into the stretcher and I was like, okay, I'm going to be put into this helicopter and like, I don't know what's going to happen. But the first thought was like, okay, I've broken my back. And the second thought was great. I can do music. Wow. And it was so weird. It was like so much, it was so, so clear. It was like so much clarity. Like it was, it was no doubt in my mind. It was like, okay. This is probably meant to happen for a reason, and so I think right from the outset I saw it quite as a positive thing. Mm-hmm. I always had that in mind. I was like, okay, I'll come out the other side of this, and this is probably happening for a reason, mm-hmm. and that really helped me recover, like in a good in a good way, rather than like being like, no,
0: right, I mean, yeah, like my life know? is over, yeah, exactly. I'm like, what am I gonna do now? Like, exactly. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. my gosh, what did you? End- I've had four surgeries on my neck i have really whoa yeah um so i was in a gnarly car accident i got hit by a drunk driver on the freeway this is like about 10 even over 10 years ago now and like slowly my disc started to like screw up and so i was getting like cord compression where like my disc would slip and it would hit the spinal cord so i know all about like like what you're saying with the shooting Dude. pain down your whole body and like oh my god um so i'm just curious to know what what ended up being like what i'll tell you what my, so i've had uh two disc replace in the front actually three now i've had two two like level fusion and then I'm, i have a decent disc and then there's another fusion with a cage and oh then they had to come god. through the back of my neck and like Cut a bone so there is like enough space for
1: insane.
0: So I have like a big divot out of the back of my neck, and you could probably see that like scar here. And then they had to go through here twice. Oh Jesus,
1: um, man! I'm so glad you're no, right.
0: No, it's all good. I'm all good. I appreciate that. But I'm just, what, I, what did they have to do for you? Like, what what bone did you break? Because you're talking about your
1: neck. Did they was wait, it with your neck? I just wanted to ask you one thing. What what do you uh-huh. do for it? Like now, are you in pain all the time? Uh-huh. Do you have? To,
0: yeah, you have I'm to, like in. Do anything for it? No, they give me like these like supposed to be like nerve medications that don't really do much of anything. I just try to keep it loose and I've right. physical therapy and, and you yes. know all that type of stuff. Basically, and I'm just in pain constantly. But it's okay. It's shit. like it's like one of those things where it like I don't even know like I, it always hurts. So it's just like life. You know what I mean? I've yeah. just like adapted to it. Yeah. So now I have like this ridiculously high pain tolerance level, but so that's good, I guess, but, I um, same. I
1: yeah, do so. yoga. Like I find yoga for me, like I really? start my day every day. I do yoga without fail. Like I don't, I don't miss it. I miss like maybe one or two sessions every year. Like wow. since, my, since my accident, that's, that's like my, my thing. It's so honestly it changed my life.
0: Okay, I'm gonna like, start. I should start doing that. What do you, do? you do? Wake up and do it for what, like twenty minutes, thirty minutes? Y-
1: yeah, twenty minutes. So start with basic stuff. Like, I'm happy to send you some videos and things. Like, I would love that uh, because yeah, super easy. I, and need just just do I, it.
0: Yeah, because like I can move my neck, but I can't turn it all the way on certain sides, and it's just like it's more like
1: yeah, it's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but wow, so what did you end up breaking? Is further breaking, down? Yeah, no, T two, T three which is like just below it's sort of like it's like there basically um, right right
0: right okay so um, i was in the c and then yeah because mine were like c3 c4 and then c5 c6 and then i had a c67 lemon neck to or whatever where they went through the back Jesus. so i was right before where you are you're on the t i was on the c yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, man, we're lucky wow. to be alive you know Dude, seriously. So you,
1: you can walk though, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, I had to. Well, they, so I had an operation. Uh, and they put like ro- like rods in the side of the, up the spine to like okay. kind of help. How, how far did they have to go down? Um, Quite quite far. I've got a gnarly scar going like from here all the way down to kind of my mid back.
0: Okay. So yours is way bigger than mine's about. Mine's yeah. about like that on the back of my, my neck. Knee. So I've got about, about, I don't know, four and five inches, but yours is. Yours seems way more intense. Because the lower you get down, like, that gets gnarly.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, it was a really weird thing because they had – so the operation, it happened. And then literally the minute I woke up and I was, like, conscious again, they were like, you have to get up and walk. And I was was, like, no, like, I'm not going to get up and walk. And they're like, you have to get up now and walk because otherwise – like it starts to get way too stiff. So they, they start, you walk they basically start you the physio, like the day after. Right. You You wake up in
0: the morning and they're like, okay, here's a walker. You gotta make, (laughs) you gotta make it around the thing. And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs)
1: Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. Oh God. I I just remember that like, like this every day, like doing like tiny bit more. And as you know, it's like super intense. You have like four physios a day or something. Mm -hmm. But the feet, oh, my God, the feeling of walking, like when I first walked like 100 meters or something and back, I was just like, it was really, like, I don't forget. I don't think there's a day that I forget every day that I can use my legs. Uh-huh. Like pretty much most mornings. And I kind of, I take that time when I do my yoga to really just go like, thank you. Like, mm-hmm. thank you that I'm okay. And like, thank, thank my legs and kind of be like,
0: this is a Great good attitude. life yeah let's do this let's attitude. make
1: something of this you know i really like that that is
0: that's a really good attitude to have and so so you were able to walk like kind of i mean it sounds like you yeah. were able to get up a little i mean obviously i dude i know you you are bedridden you cannot move that's what for it is months but you at least you were able to like kind of move your feet in yeah. the sense like you can move your toes and, and everything totally. else okay, yeah no no so i knew i
1: was going to be fine then I didn't know before the op, but, but after sure. they were like, you're going to be fine and everything. Um, it was weird, actually. Before I went into the op, the weirdest thing happened. It was a French operation. like um, It was in Grenoble. And um, the guy, the, my surgeon, had recently operated on Michael Schumacher uh, by complete coincidence. I don't know. He was the guy for the job or something. Anyway. <laughs> um, this that's guy, a good, literally, a good thing to know, yeah, right? No, no, yeah, it was a good Well, I thought it was a good thing to know, but then, like, obviously, Michael Schumacher's not in a great state. So, um, that's a good point. Yeah. So, the, I was thinking because like, he'd been like, in the resort recently and everyone had known about his accident. So, it was mm-hmm. like, it was people were known that he wasn't in a good way. And, like the, like, the thing he said, the doctor said before I went into the operation, before I literally I went out, the lights went out, was like, thank you, uh, uh, or Michael Schumacher or whatever I was like you know I, I was the surgeon with him and I was like what? <laughs> and he's and like then, pushes the plunger and you're out <laughs> <laughs> I just remember like the first thing I was thinking I'm like I'm going to die <laughs> and then I was just like the lights <laughs> the lights went out and then I was just like fuck and yeah so I, I kind of I don't know I've kind of come to the theory that like in some ways, like, life might be some ginormous practical joke that we just don't know what the punchline is yet. Because sure. it's just so, I mean, you know what it's like when you go through something really extreme like that, as so many people in life do. You kind of get a sense of, like, this is so, this is so funny. Or, like, the only way to deal with it is to laugh about it. Right. And to take it lightly because it's so bad that if you were just to be like this is awful then it would just be too difficult but like mm-hmm. laughter is such medicine and that that really through that period that really stayed with me mm-hmm. so yeah, I completely I, I, agree with I you. That. I completely yeah.
0: agree with you. Cause like when people would be like, oh my God, like the, even to this day, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, whatever, <laughs> like <laughs> i got this battle scar. Like I won't be yeah. a next model, you know, it's just like yeah, exactly. dumb things I'll say <laughs> yeah. to people cause I don't really care. Like, I mean, it was gnarly, but it's <laughs> yeah. like something you have to kind of just as a, like a defense mechanism to what happened is just kind of like shrug it off. But, oh my gosh. So how, So when you're in, you you said, when it happened there was like a moment of clarity where you're like okay now i know i I want to be a musician or i'm going to you pursue music so are you like when you're better are you like right like how how does the music kind of tie back into what happened like when are you like consciously able to start working on your your music again
1: um kind of straight away i guess when i started thinking i started um I started journaling, which I really, I really, I would recommend to anyone. Like if you're trying to figure out anything, I've always found writing about it without thinking about what you're writing about is so helpful. So like take a pen, paper, or just type it, whatever comes into your mind, like whatever you're thinking about today, even if it's, I don't know, what have I got to do today? Or if you write for like enough time, like an hour or something, you'll start to discover things about how your mind works. And so I did that for six weeks Um, Mm -hmm. and that was so, so great because within that, within that six weeks, I like read back and I was like, wow, like where did that idea come from? What is, what the hell does that mean? That kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And like exploring like new ideas and basically think like laying the floor, like the blueprint for like, okay, well, like, what are we doing here? Like, what am I going to do about it while I'm here? Like, what do I love? Like, what makes me happy? All these things, all these big questions. And I think within that started, like, the first, the first moments of, like, me being like, okay, I want to write songs again. I'm ready mm. to do this. And because the keyboard piano it was too heavy and I couldn't really sit at it and I couldn't really have one on my lap. It was too kind of uh, mm. difficult. Yeah. I started learning guitar oh okay um so i i got guitar lessons a guy called darren a local guy called darren who literally dress he dresses in double denim (laughs) i would like a denim waistcoat (laughs) absolutely like triple denim like leather matching denim or like
0: shirt like a little bit
1: different wash no Um, like prop no like prop everything matching like i'm pretty (laughs) sure he has like you know that episode of family guy where peter griffin has like nine of the same outfits in his closet i'm pretty oh, sure yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he has like nine denim outfits cuz he literally wears the same thing every day he has like his i don't know if it's just his guitar uniform or his vibe or whatever but i was like he rocks it anyway he was he he would come to my bed every week and he would teach me guitar so we just learned from scratch like we just started i i, le- I knew kind of four chords and a few little picking patterns and stuff but nothing mm-hmm. major and just every week we would learn something new. Wow. Least, it really kept me going because also as a songwriter, having like new chords every week and new ideas and new influences. And Hey, have you thought about ragtime and Hey, this is how the Eagles like did this chord and Hey, uh, this, this is a Bob Dylan finger picking pattern or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly I would be like, he would be teaching me something. Then I go maybe like listen to the record and I have my vinyl Um, that would like be part of my walk. I would kind of walk downstairs really slowly. I'd like put on a record and I'd listen to like the record that we'd be kind of going through. And it was just such a nice time, such a great Mm -hmm. time to experience music like that because it was really sitting down. I'd listen to like a whole album because I had so much time. And then I'd go back upstairs and be like, I wonder if I could kind of pretend that I'd write, I'm trying to write their 14th song on the album or something, see Mm -hmm. what happens and like see where it would take me. And it just like it opened me up to so many different ways of writing songs and, and different kinds of forms of melody and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, was, that was that year was really formative for me, I think just to yeah. like do a lot of it. Yeah. And were
0: you writing you? So you started writing your own stuff. Like, I mean, you're a songwriter. So right away you were just taking some of these things that you were learning, Bob Dylan Eagles and implementing them into your own
1: songs. Yeah. A little, yeah, a little bit just kind of, I mean, well, I don't obviously really... not
0: ripping it, but I mean, like yeah. you you're, you're, you like you said, you oh, this is a chord like the Eagles learned.
1: So it's like, oh, cool, maybe I can use that in something. And so you exactly, were, you were writing your own songs. Yeah, you kind of. I think I don't really understand songwriting. I don't really like. I think I like. I think it comes. I think songs come from somewhere else, like like art does, and and all ideas. They kind of they come from another place. Um, mm-hmm because if, if, if you ever talk to a songwriter or like a painter or even like a novelist, they almost say that when, when the ideas come, they're not really there. Like, so when, when, when I feel like a song coming, I'm not really, I'm not conscious at all of what I'm doing. I'm literally just, I'll sit at my instrument, my guitar or keyboard. And I, and I just, whatever, close my eyes or not. And I, think about something that's been on my mind and and sometimes the thing will come whole like almost in one take like I've played someone else's song three minutes lyrics and melody together and suddenly I'm sitting there like well I know I was there for that but I don't know if I can take full credit for it because I literally don't understand how that happened and it's so magical and you sometimes look back and you're like what the hell? Like I really like that lyric. Like I, I wouldn't have thought of that. Like I know that's kind of come from my mind, but I don't know. It's kind of a far out idea, but pretty mm-hmm. much every songwriter you talk to that's ever written like a song that's that's done anything, they'll say the pretty much the same thing. And that's that always that always makes me kind of makes me think, wow, this is a magical place we're in. There's so mm-hmm. much more to the world than we think. Sure. Wow. And I just, yeah, I love it.
0: And from, from, writing, from writing these songs when you were, you know, going through recovery, when did you, did you start waiting for Smith again? Or were you, like, how did it all kind of come back a, a, around to the band and releasing records and, and recording
1: records? Yeah, so I, I basically, like the minute, so Darren, Double Denim, Darren, Shout shout out! He's
0: doubled in on and in the band <laughs> in the house. No. No, no, he
1: wasn't. He should have joined the band. He's a great great guitar player. but he was he was kind of a bit. He was a bit older and had done all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, yeah, so then he said to me, "Hey, there's a new studio. It's just like a guy who I know has just built his own studio. It's open up down the road. You should give him a call. Like when you get better. So." Like the minute I was kind of able enough to kind of put on some clothes and like leave the house, mm-hmm. I went to the studio about and um, just like knocked on the door and stuff and and rocked up. And there's this like epic space, like with like three pianos in it, like a church organ. Wow. Like one of the most amazing studios I've ever seen. And I got talking to this guy, Will, and he was uh, like, a, he used to be a live recording engineer. So he, He did like loads of the big bands coming through the states and like all the biggest festivals and huge like stadium gigs and stuff Mm -hmm. and he had just decided to like settle down and build a studio there and he was kind of starting everything from scratch with his girlfriend and he was like well what are you trying to kind of achieve with music and i was like well i don't know like i know this is a bit far along but one day I kind of want waiting for Smith to be variety. So have a bit of acoustic at the front, you go into a bit of groove, you might have a little bit of a kind of orchestra in the middle, then somewhere, you know, along the line, you kind of move it into dance. Maybe you end in techno. Like this is really far along the line, but I kind of knew I was like, this is where I want to take it, but this is like years away at the moment. I've got some piano songs um, and a bunch of others. Do you, do you want to hear something? Mm -hmm. And, he was like yeah yeah of course and he instead of like listening to them with me he just basically put up a mic and put up a mic on the piano and just said like play them to me and I'll record them so we just did them straight off and we recorded like six songs together and he just like when I came back through he was like I noticed like he was a bit like teary-eyed and I could feel that like a couple of them had like I got, got to him and Touched I was like, sure. yeah. And he was like, man, this is really beautiful stuff and um, kind of, we should do something. And yeah, what I will was kind of like my launch pad. We're not, we're not doing stuff anymore at the moment,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but yeah, he, he really believed in the music and, and that, that started me off doing stuff solo. Then I kind of got the band involved for a little bit. They kind of dropped out, formed their own band, like, like two years in. And then on the third year, I kind of fought, did it again with session musicians. Then um, and now, I've kind of formed it again with uh, with some of the session guys mm-hmm. and some new like gospel singers. So there's seven of us. So wow. we just we just played Wilderness Festival. It was so fun. It was such it was such a great gig, and it just felt like the first like first moment where I was like, the thing that I said to Will like four or five years ago is starting to come out, where I can get like. In the same thing, I can get like a groovy song with something that like makes you feel a little bit sad, with something mm-hmm. that makes you feel kind of like oh, this is kind of cool, and then the 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 starting of like the orchestral stuff that I want to do,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah, it was uh, to play like to play with those people. I was just thinking back to that moment actually the other day of like walking to that studio and being like, yeah, hey, I've got I've got like my two gospel singers and I've got I've got my bassist, my drummer, my guy on the SPDs. You know, and I've got me on the guitar and keys and it's starting to form. And oh, it was such an amazing feeling. Like, and the reception from the crowd was so great. I was on, on that gig. You can see it online, actually. On You can see a montage of it on YouTube mm-hmm. under Wilderness Festival waiting for Smith. Um, and I was wearing, I was dressed as a cloud. Like a, I was in a full, like a double denim cloud suit. It uh, took a little, took a, <laughs> <laughs> took a little inspiration from, from DD <laughs> <laughs> <To Didi> boy. <laughs> That's and, awesome. Yeah. It was just, Oh, so good to like play live music again. Wow. After like so long, like a was year. Was that in-
0: the first show back? That was the
1: first, yeah. First band show.
0: Whatever.
1: Yeah. Wow. I had done a solo one like a week before that, but that was the first band one and just to be on the stage again and like, people were sitting around and just like dancing. And it was, there was so much, there was so much love there mm-hmm. because people were just, they'd been craving it, you know? Sure.
0: I mean, I, I can imagine that being a, quite a emotional experience. It people was. haven't seen a band in a year and it a half. And yeah, it's just, everyone's coming together again, which is amazing. You released uh hopelessness of love this year.
1: Uh, yeah, it was, uh, what was it? Like, the lead single like a couple of months ago. And then we uh-huh. just released, we just dropped the music video for it. Oh, very cool. And yeah.
0: so with with that, like we're, so when COVID happened, what, how did that, you know, kind of affect you? Like, obviously you're stuck inside, but like, where were you at with the band or music when that happened?
1: Um, I was just, I was actually just about to, I had just been booked into loads of festivals. And I was about <laughs> to make a trip out to LA Oh, um, wow. on like a first like, I was thinking about taking the band with me on my first like, like few major gigs with, with the band, and then um, yeah, that all it just all went on pause. So I basically for the last year and a half, I went solo again,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which was really great, in a completely different way. Like although I didn't have that range of sound, in some way now I found the sound that I really want, and I was missing. Because when you go solo and you like play all your songs alone, you have to like hold the room completely alone. And then once the band comes back, you can just do that better. Sure. So it was, it was a really, I think actually for me, it was, um, I'm very grateful for the time because it just mm-hmm. allowed me to be like, okay, like again, like redefine what I want from it and play a lot. I played like a load of online festivals. I did a couple of Instagram lives a week. So I was just playing all the time and writing a lot. And, and I started to like have deals in totally new places like in India and wow. go on MTV Germany and just really random opportunities. I was like, what the hell? Like, how's this happening? And there's a guy in Bangladesh being like, I heard your song on Radio One. Like, this is so cool, man. Thank you. It makes me feel so happy. I'm like, yes, this is, so, is so great. Rad. That yeah, is so it was, rad. That is so rad. I feel blessed actually to, to, to have done some of those things I know for a lot of people, it hasn't been easy. Uh Obviously there's been some down moments, but generally I would say it's been very, uh, very good for me. That's, that's
0: great. And this record, this EP, was this recorded over the course of the past year and a half or was it something you had finished?
1: Yeah, I did. Um, we kind of started at the beginning of this year. Okay. Um, but it kind of it came about quite quickly. We did "Hopelessness of Love" first, and then the rest of them just like fell into place. And me and Jan, the producer and co-writer, he's based in Amsterdam, and yeah, we just I don't know. You meet some people, and you just kind of get along with them super quick. He just mm-hmm. felt like a brother to me, kind of really quickly. And he's a bit older, and he's been in bands before, and um, uh, with varying levels of different successes and yeah, we just had these great conversations. Like he's a, he's a real interesting mix of, so he's actually German, but he's got the sense of humor of a British person <laughs> and he's half French, but he lives in Holland. So he's like this mix of just cultures. And so we kind of really got on in that way. And mm-hmm. we just like start the day with like a French croissant from like the finest bakery in town <laughs> and like have a, like a coffee, a cup of tea. And then we just have like a conversation for like a couple of hours. And then we'd sit down and be like, cool let's turn that conversation into a song Mm -hmm. and a lot of the conversations were about I guess the last year and a half and how it's affected people's relationships Mm -hmm. and kind of the relationship to yourself and the relationship to others because we never imagined or you never would have imagined you would have had to spend so much time with some people that you did like some people spent three months by themselves Mm -hmm. some people spent three months with their husband and they're suddenly like normally they would be seeing him only in the evenings. And suddenly they're seeing him every minute of the day. Like, <laughs> right. What the fun. <laughs> <And> so yeah, <laughs> we just kind of laughed about it. And then we thought like, well, okay, what, what does this mean to us and stuff? And so, yeah, all the songs, every song on the EP um, is kind of, it was, based, it was based on like the five senses, like sound, sight, smell, taste, touch. Oh, And it's the basic idea, the inspiration behind it. And then instead of being the five senses, they're the five tools of communication. So um, there was like words, uh, there was touch, music. So, and each song was meant to represent a different form of communication. And uh, so the artwork, if if you look at the artwork on each single cover, it has like something to do with that and like a different color and stuff. But then the songs are, are mainly just about kind of you know love. It's just you know relationships and how, how you love yourself more and, and how to get the best out of others and that is awesome. Yeah, yeah sorry, I was looking yeah. at the um,
0: the yeah, album see. covers now. Very yeah. cool. They're all all up on Spotify. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So the yeah, obviously the record's out. You got to play that festival. Do you have anything else lined up for the next, you know, future yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <Future brands. laughs>
1: the the next big thing is I'm trying to get a US visa because oh. yeah, I've got um I've got my first support tour uh, supporting a um a Hawaiian like loop pedal beat artist called Kawai, um so it's really exciting. It's basically thirty dates. Um, wow! Through uh, along we have mainly West Coast and then I go into Europe. So some in Germany and then some in Holland. Hopefully into Ireland and then back home to the UK well back home where I'm from yeah then I'd have to come back to Amsterdam again wow but um yeah so that's really exciting so that's that's the next major thing trying to get you played
0: the US before
1: yeah I've done a couple of shows there small ones I did some in like I did like a mini tour like just they were like tiny gigs I did some uh in Hollywood did Mm -hmm. one in LA one in Napa Valley um which is great they're really small shows and stuff with like other bands and um and one was like with like a brand but it was yeah it was it was great fun but this this should be really different because it's like something i've never done before which is like really consistent dates Mm -hmm. like playing a playing a show like every night or every other night for 30 or like nearly 40 nights
0: sure just so
1: so excited about that
0: that'll be huge you said it's mainly West Coast. I just, my family yeah. and I just moved to Nashville from San Diego, so we. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, I'm what? Nashville's probably a bit east of where yeah. you are touring. Are you coming this way?
1: I'll let, yeah, I'll let you know. I I need to look down the dates again. I think that might be. I definitely know. I'm. I'm pretty sure I'm taking a meeting at some point in Nashville, so I need oh, to check. Well, I need to check the dates. So yeah. Yeah. Well. Go in town and we'll grab a beer.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, let's link up for sure. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Cool. Well, that's exciting, man. Well, congratulations on the success of the record too. And I appreciate you, you. talking with me for the past, you know, hour or so.
1: <laughs> Absolute pleasure, dude. Yeah. This it's has been, been
0: so fun. Yeah, it has. Um, I have one more question for you. I that want works. to know if you've had
1: if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think I would say, yeah, if you're just starting out, I would say. Now that there is opportunity to I would get out as much as you can, try and meet, meet people. And if if you don't want to meet them in person, then meet, like call them, find, find people in music and doing music. I found that when when I first started, one of the greatest things was just to meet as many people as possible because you kind of never know when the next opportunity is going to come. So I found that was really, really helpful. Like just the dots start to connect even if it's like two or three years down the line suddenly you'll be like oh whoa we had that beer like two years ago at the club and and that that's like oh and you you have a label here who helps with this and that's really helped me and then I would I would think like after that just I guess figure out what it is that you uniquely can do and that you that you want to say and that what you want to what you want your music to do um, for yourself and others that helped me a lot just really focus on like okay what's the intention behind what I'm doing because I think I think when you kind of set your mind on something um, and you know why you want to do it and it's for hopefully for a good reason then